0: Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in a series called Influencers. Our goal with this series is to walk through God's word each week to teach, equip, and encourage our students to be spiritual influencers for God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy week two of Influencers. I want to tell you tonight two stories. I want to tell you about two men One man grew up in a very nice home with a very nice family, was given great opportunities. And the other was ripped out of his home, was forced into an education system that was literally designed to take away his identity. Which life would you rather have? Point. And this is the life that most of you do have. Most of you have a family. Most of you have a home. Most of you have a safe place to be educated. This man had these opportunities. And he lived them. He lived in church very similar to this one, went there since he had grown up, went there since he was a very small boy, and took advantage of every opportunity that church had given him. He went to Bible study. He went to live. He actually volunteered to pray at Bible study. I know, mind-blowing. You can do that. When he was a sophomore in high school, he led a Bible study in his home. When he was a senior, he actually got to preach. Mm. He got to do some very cool things in the church. And he would be the one that all of the old ladies in the church would absolutely adore. Think is the coolest person you could ever see. That's that's a good influence. See, but I'm not done telling his story. There's another half to it. He had that great place, that safe place that he was being educated in. And if you were to see this man in church and see this man at school, you would not see the same man. This man, when he went back to school, when he lived his everyday life, used every gift that God had given him, used every opportunity that God had given him for his own pleasure and his own promotion. He hurt people to do it. He neglected the call that God had given him. He neglected the opportunities that he had to make God's name great. God, the living God, who has done all of this that you see around you, who has done everything that you have seen today, has given you life, allows you to sit there and allows me to stand here and still be breathing. This man was given these opportunities, and as he got older, he only took more advantage of them and walked further away from God, still claiming to be a follower still claiming that he was a disciple, a student of Jesus Christ. He did all of this to the point where those around him would look and say, if he's a Christian and that's what Jesus and God and if that's what all that looks like, then then I want no part of that. See, this man's life came to a climax, came to its highest point, its most vital point, as in his anxiety created, pain escaping lifestyle through a party. An ungodly party that looked every way that you probably can imagine when you hear the word party. Invited all these people and as they came and the party was going on, the man gets to have a conversation with a friend. The friend looks at him and asks, so I just heard that you're a Christian. And this man says, oh yeah, of course. And the man says some of the most painful words out loud that so many before had only thought but never said. He says, that that really doesn't make any sense. Like, if you say you're a disciple of Jesus, that means that you should look like Jesus. That means you should do the, those things, those... Uh, those commandments that Jesus has given you. Because, you know, if you believe in God, you believe that he made everything. And, he, I mean, if he made everything, you should know how it operates, yada, yada, yada. But, but you look nothing like Jesus. If anything, you look like, if you believe in God and all that stuff, you, you look the opposite of Jesus. Like you're saying half-truths and then just spouting out whatever you want. The second man also grew up learning about the living God. Hearing the things that God had made, the things that God had created, and the gifts that he had given him hearing the commandments these tools for life that God had given him and he took them to heart he understood that god if god is almighty and all powerful then that means he is greater than these things around me But as I said, this man was taken from his home. His people were dominated by another country, and he was ripped from his home. He was taken with others like him, teenagers who were deemed excellent. And they were taken away to the country that had dominated them. Again, this country put him in an education system designed to make him and those with him more like those that had taken them. To wash away all that he knew and make them like the people that took them. So this man had a decision. He had three there's a lot around it, but basically he had three decisions. He could forget what he knew. He could forget about the living God that he had seen in action, seen the things that he had done, and seen the way that he had moved in his family's life. He could forget it, and he could just take the easy way, the safe way, and do what these people who had kidnapped him were saying. He could have done that. Option number two, he could pretend. He could say, I can, okay. I can act out what they're saying during the day even though they're asking me to do things that are against what God has said, I can act. I can do what they're saying. And then when the doors are closed, when the lights are off, I can still praise God. That way no one knows that I'm praising God, that no one knows that I'm a follower of God. But I can still. But that's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. See, this man decided to stand for what he knew was right. He said, if God is the living God, if he is almighty, all-powerful, greater then he is greater than this country who has taken me, greater than those that are holding me captive and those who are threatening me. So he stood for God. And he went through challenges. He went through persecutions. He was tested. But understand, God sees you God sees me, and God saw him, saw the faithfulness of this man, knowing that he didn't just say it with his mouth and didn't just do it when it was easy, but when times were hard, he said, I know that my God is greater than it all. And God blessed this man. He got to work. He followed through and he served humbly, but he turned away the things that were not godly because he knew them. He knew God. He turned them away. And God blessed him, gave him the opportunity. He was recognized for the good work that he did. This man's name is Daniel. If you have your Bibles, I need you to open to the book of Daniel. I need you to open to chapter 6. We've walked through part of his life, and we've gotten to a place where he has elevated, he has been seen And the way that God has worked in his life has been recognized because he gave God all the glory. Starting in verse one, it pleased Darius, the king, the king of the land that had taken him it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps satraps there we go to rule throughout the kingdom with 3 of them administrators over all of them one of whom was Daniel the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss so Daniel distinguished himself among the other administrators And the satraps planned to set him, well, sorry, the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis to charge against Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and these satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, the prefects, the satraps, the advisors, and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except for you, my majesty, shall be thrown into the den of lions now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance to the law of Medanese and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So the king Darius put this into writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened to Jerusalem three times a day got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to God just as he had done before then These men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or any human except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of Medes and Persians which cannot be repealed. Then the king said, then they said to the king, excuse me. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or the decree that you put in writing. He still prays 3 times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He went determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men who went as a group to King Darius said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king has issued can be changed. So the king gave the order and brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God who has served you, who you have served continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And then the king went to his palace and spent the night without eating, and without entertainment, and without sleep. At first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. He came near to the den. He called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the Most High God, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you have served continually, been able to rescue you from the ten of lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God has sent his angel, and they have shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong against you, your majesty." The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who falsely accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all of the nations, the people of every language in all of the earth, may may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, his dominion will never end. He rescues, he saves, he performs miracles and wonders in heaven and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign. Of Darius and the reign of Sirius the Persian. Breathe. Did you see it? Did you see that when Daniel was faced with the same challenge of either coming under harm or following God? the first thing that he did was go home. Go to his upstairs room and then pray to his God. Pray as he had done before. Decide to continue to be faithful to God. Faithful to the one he knew was in real control. Because he knew if my God is all-powerful, If my God is everything, then he is greater than this. So I will choose to be faithful, and I will choose to trust. And did you see it? Did you see the windows were open? Open for all to see. He hid nothing. Nothing. He was thrown into a lion's den. And he was brought out safely by our, our God. And then what happened? The king of the world at that time sends this love letter, this beautiful. Declaration, I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, and his dominion will never end. This is not Daniel speaking. This is not someone who grew up knowing God. This is not even someone who is practicing and following God. Sending this out to the world to see, to hear. This is because Daniel was faithful. This is because Daniel knew that his God was greater. So he decided to take the actions that he had been given. When God speaks, you can choose to follow or you can choose to ignore it and go your own way. What would our world be like in a year if all of us could do this? If all of us would heed the word that God had given us that little voice in the back of your head, that little feeling that you have in your chest. What if we were to do that? What if we were to actually hear God and speak whenever my friend is going through a hard time and I think, man, this, would, this could be an opportunity to share Jesus. This could be an opportunity to share a God who is in control of that situation. What would it look like in a year? What would your school look like in a year? Our God has called us, and our God is faithful to provide, to take care of us, even when persecution comes. Daniel still had to go into the lion's den. But hear me, I know most of us don't have that story. We are not Daniel. To be honest, I am not Daniel. Because I am the first man. I am the one who squandered the gifts that God had given me. I am the one who came to church and praised God with my mouth and my actions and then went to school and made people turn away from Jesus. Because if I was the one that Jesus looked like, then no one wanted a part of it. My life came to a climax when a friend of mine told me the most hurtful yet most loving words as a non-believer, as someone who had no interest in God, who was mocking him, who was mocking me for my beliefs. He said, you look nothing like what you say, And that means you have no part in the God you say you worship. I am this first man. And my life came to a climax when I hear these words and I break down and I'm on my knees crying. Crying. Broken because the words that I am saying and the truth that I know in my head that the God I had promised to serve and that I wasn't serving is still the God that has control of everything around me. I felt broken because if you have no part in God, then you're going into that lion's den, that death. any help and I know that lion looked cuddly but it isn't it is there to devour you I came down on my knees surrounded by a world that I had built for myself a world centered around my own pleasure and I broke down crying knowing that I needed to be saved.